is time for another edition of the Low J Book Club. And you are in for a treat because I already know that our next book, which is called Aurora, is going to be on one of our, is going to be on the top 10 best books of 2022. And David Kep is joining us. Hello, David. Hello. Thank David. You for that introduction. I oh, love that. my gosh. You're an author, you're a director, and a screenwriter. I mean, and you're like this book. I'm new to your fiction now. My brother is a fan. He's read a couple of your other books, and he's like, "Oh my god, he's an amazing writer!" But how do you go from writing screenplays to novels? How did that doesn't usually happen? No, it doesn't. And I did it. Um, Aurora's my second book, so your brother probably read Cold Storage. Yeah, that's what it was. First. Cold Storage. Uh, yeah, about three years ago. Um, so I, you know, I'd written movies for a long time, like thirty years, and. I I felt like I, I started. I, I, you get a lot of input when you write movies because first and foremost, because you need like tens of millions of somebody dollars of right. money. So you know they're going to have opinions about what what that story is like, and you get it from the director, you get it from actors, you get it from producers. And I really just after writing that many movies, I felt like I just want to write something where it's all mine. Nobody knows I'm doing it. Nobody cares that I'm doing it. And uh, let my, you know, imagination run free. And I did it and had a ball, so I did another one. Well, you did, and you're very modest about the movies you've written. Jurassic Park by Steven Spielberg, you know, Mission Impossible, the first one, Carlito's Way, Spider-Man, Panic Room. I mean, you're really uh, very talented at, at writing. But this book, Aurora, if you could give people... The setup, because I've tried to, like, I'm really, I am going to be responsible. We're going to sell a lot of books for you for from this interview, because <laughs> it is in, I'm putting it in the category with, um, I've got so far two other books, The Lioness by Chris Bohalian, and The Barons by Kurt Johnson, and then Aurora by David Cap. And so if you would give people the setup of Aurora, so they can't just sure. take my word for it. The, the, the premise is grounded in real science, which is that um, the sun it, the sun belches out a lot of uh, solar flares, which send supercharged plasma into space all the time, several times a day. And occasionally it, it glances off the Earth, and it's so much energy that it usually causes a blackout. The last big time, big one was in Quebec in 1989, and I think it spread as far south as Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 premise of the book is that when one of these things hits us directly, which it does every couple hundred years, the last significant time being 1859, it's called the Carrington event, it will knock out all electrical systems all over the world, and it'll blow them out, so it's going to take a year to 18 months to repair them. I'm not saying this is going to happen in our lifetime, or it could happen tomorrow. Right. So. I didn't want to write a great big global disaster story. Yeah. We've kind of been through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to do it very localized from the point of view of just two people, a brother and a sister, very different people. She lives uh, on a, you know, in a, like a working class neighborhood in Aurora, Illinois. And he's this tech billionaire who, you know, has prepared massively for uh, end of the world scenarios. He's, any disaster scenario, this guy's completely ready for and she, her life is a bit of a mess, and, and she is completely unprepared for it. And then I wanted to see if their fates could sort of cross. And she discovered strengths she didn't know she had, and his 
carefully planned world falls apart on. Yeah, it's uh, just so that's the Yeah, it's so suspenseful your storytelling both and you know and I did stop to like is this Carrington event like a real thing and this you know the agents and I'm like oh yeah this this has happened does happen could happen again. But once that like first chapter is over that you get so engrossed in I guess, you know, Aubrey, you know, her brother Tom, who I'm picturing the whole time as Elon Musk, sort of a character, you know, kind of like that. But the history between the siblings juxtaposing with like, oh, my God, no power. It was really, really compelling as a story. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was the, the challenge. Also, I wanted to do something. You always want to challenge yourself as a writer, and the challenge in this case was to bounce between those two stories and a couple subsidiary characters and never feel like you were away from one of them for too long. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously everything comes together in the end because that's how stories work. But um, So I found that, from a structural point of view, um, cool and fun and difficult uh, because my last book was all very propulsive, very forward movement, mostly with the same people. Um, David, I want to ask you, uh, because you have some of our favorite authors blurb your book, Aurora, but on the front of your book is a blurb from Stephen King. Now, how does that happen? He's, well, he's just like the most generous guy in the world. He's an incredible, I I know him slightly because I adapted one, I wrote the screenplay and directed one of his. Um, novellas into a movie called Secret Window in 2004. Mm-hmm. And um, he was very, you know, so I know him a little bit from that. And he was just very gracious then. And he'd read uh, Cold Storage and was just because a friend of his said, hey, you got to read this. And he, he blurbed that too. And, and so I, I had the temerity to say, <laughs> would you would you mind reading this one and see if you're moved to do so? Oh, and, he- uh, and he he does. I mean, he does it for a lot of people he reads voraciously and he's not um, afraid to speak up about it if he likes it. Yeah. I I was just like, you know, Julia was like, you know, your publisher had contacted us and I said, let me look at that. And I said, Oh my gosh. I said, if Stephen King blurbs a book and then I think Linwood Barclay was another one. And I'm just like, Oh, we've got to read this book. And I'm so happy that your publisher reached out to us. Um, because I mean, like I was finished the book. I was out on Fire Island, and I'd been telling a couple of people, and they're like, "You're not going back to Minnesota. You have to leave this book at the beach with us. <laughs> Everyone in the house is going to read it. So darn it!" But um, yeah, I I also got got a big kick out of um, because we had been watching the offer on Paramount Plus, which is the mm-hmm. making of the Godfather, the story of the making of the Godfather. And I, it made me think, because you said in your uh, notes, like Don Corleone, I'm sentimental about my children. Unlike him, I've never introduced them to a life of crime. <laughs> that goes on my parenting resume and the good call. On the good call. But, you know, you've worked on all these movies, and we were so fascinated in watching the offer, you know, the based on the recollections of Al Ruddy, the producer of The Godfather. It's amazing movies ever get made in Hollywood. It's such chaos. It is amazing they ever get made. And they're, they're, to, to have a good one is, is 
the real lightning in a bottle situation because not only does everything sort of miraculously have to come together, but you have to get, it's not just that one person can be brilliant. It's five or six or seven people need to all be at the absolute peak of their craft. Yeah. You know, if you look at a movie like The Godfather, it's sure Coppola was, was definitely at the peak of his craft. So were Al Pacino, Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Mario Puzo, the composer, yeah. uh, Coppola's father, Carmine. Um, you know, all of these people were hitting their stride at the exact same moment. Yeah, it and is. that's hard to find. Yeah, and you've worked on so many, you know, iconic movies. I mean, would you like to see Aurora be a movie or a limited series? Is that already being talked about? It is. We, um, uh, it's going to be a movie. Um, the director, Catherine Bigelow, is doing oh. it. She's, she's great. You yes. Know, she's from Zero Dark Thirty and Hurt Locker and many others. Um, and she's making it for Netflix. We're working on the script now and yes. hoping to start shooting, I think, in March. Oh, my gosh. That, uh, I'm so excited for you, David. Thank you. Me too. I mean, that's really, and this would be, this would be an epic movie it would have some scale i mean even though we focus on these two people it's still a very large situation yes that has occurred and nobody and Catherine is yeah nobody really has power sort of orchestrating chaos mm-hmm. oh that's so exciting now did you did you want to write the screenplay or as the author of the book you're like i'll let someone else or are you going to be involved in that way i'm writing it now you i are. don't uh, I don't think I'd have an easy time letting it go to somebody. No, um, I don't. And since you already know how to write a damn screenplay, yeah, and I'd be lying if I didn't say, with both this and cold storage, that as I was writing the books, I was thinking, well, if this were a movie, what would I do? And yeah. so you sort of have a lot of ideas saved up um, mm. as to how to approach it as a movie. Mm. And um, so I feel like I understand the material very well, and that's that's the number one thing. I'm, screenwriter can bring is an understanding of the material oh my gosh i think this is going to be epic like and you don't have any casting done yet do you no no, no. just still working on the script because i would think that um you know there'd be a lot of actors um 30 something actors who are going to want to be aubrey wheeler as well as her brother tom and and i've already thought of who um i want to play norm Oh, who do you got? Norman, the guy who played Buddy in Ozark. And he also was in, he was in like a lot of like horse operas back in the day. He's like 81 now, but he played Buddy in Ozark. His name is Harris Eulen. Harris Eulen, yes. Oh, Harris Eulen's great, yes. That's Norman. (laughs) Well, the nice thing is when you get into Norman's character in his 80s, who's, who's very important to the story, and... When you get into casting someone in their 80s, there is just an abundance of brilliant actors. Yeah, that's true. Um, You know, it's not when they're 30s, you're all chasing Ryan Gosling. Right. By the time there aren't a lot of great parts written for people in their 80s. So um, I feel like we would have a shot at somebody great. Yeah. Oh, David Kappa, it's so wonderful to talk to you. We are just huge, huge fans of your book, Aurora. We're going to wait for it to come out on Netflix. It's probably going to be like a big thing like Sandra Bullock and the Bird Box, which is based on a book. People went crazy for that. And I could see yeah. people going crazy. But I say read the book because you simply 
cannot put this book down, David. So we really appreciate well, thank you. That's the that's the greatest recommendation of all. Oh well, really we that. sincerely sincerely mean it, and we'll keep our eyes out. Uh, you know, for the movie next year, and I want to check out Cold Storage. And are you writing another book, or are you just working on the screenplay? I'm just working on this yeah. for the time being. Okay, um, so. I, I feel like I have enough typing. Today. Yeah, you've got you've got a lot going on, David. Dang it! Well, um, best of luck to you. You already have such a great, successful career, but it just seems like um, you're having a blast. And I just hope you keep writing. I am. Thank you. Uh, thanks for that, and it was great talking to you. Thanks okay, thank me. you again. We've got two copies of the book by David. It's called Aurora by David Cap K O E P P. Um, one of the best books of the year by far. Um, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back.